Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 96, and I am your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Snape killed Dumbledore. What? Quack, quack, everybody. Are you serious? I've been waiting six episodes to discuss this. <laughs> Come on. No spoilers thus far until today. <laughs> All right, this is a spoiler-free. If you have not seen Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince or read the book, um, sorry, this came out in 2009, so... It's literally a bigger spoiler than Luke, I am your father. Who? Wow, what an ending! Who'd have thought Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? Ah, thank you! Oh, thank you, Mr. Blow the Picture for me! So, we are finally picking back up the Harry Potter series. Yes, we are. After a short hiatus. Um... I think the last one we did Order of the Phoenix back in May. Oh wow! Yeah. And then I was like, "Yes, Half Blood Prince is coming up." And I listened to the audiobook, and then we didn't do a whole lot over the summer. Well, nope. we were pretty busy, but yeah. didn't post a lot over the summer. So finally, we've got we did a few episodes in between. We're getting back to it now. Harry Potter six, Half Blood Prince. <laughs> Let's you talk sound about like it. Some like. Uh, like artists trying to make it out in the world and they're posting on the Instagram story like big things coming soon big like things. a SoundCloud rapper new single new, new single dropping on SoundCloud inside <laughs> quotes oh boy <clears throat> so yeah Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince came out in 2009 and this is one of my favorite movies of all time and I know people hate on this I'm just saying in general because I love the Harry Potter movies but right. This one is just super special to me because it's a completely different vibe switch mm-hmm. to some others. And it has nothing to do with the book, although it does get darker. But just this movie in particular is so different. And I think it's because of all the love. You heard it here, love. folks. It's in the air. Let's, we got all these people spilling the tea. We got, we got couples... Blooming. It's a little. Uh, is, that, is that the word for it? I thought dramatic. the word was snogging. Okay. <laughs> that was my vocab word. Vocab word. <laughs> snogging. Um. <laughs> she wants to do is snog me. My lips are getting chapped. What a gross sounding word for that activity. <laughs> that is so gross. Anyways. Um. When I think about this movie, the first thing I think of, maybe not the first thing, but I always think of my favorite recut trailer of all time. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I know about. what you're talking about. I love it. You know, you've probably seen different things like, oh, this movie recut as a horror movie or something like that. And it makes it look like it's a scary movie when it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. That's not this. Um, this is if Harry Potter was a teen comedy trailer. And basically, it just takes, like, all the scenes of, like, the teen romance and stuff and, like, makes it look like it's this teen, yeah. like, school comedy. It kind of is, though. I mean, it Still. is. But it just, it distills all those scenes and, like, uses the, the, the music to just, like, make it look like one of those. And that's always been, like, one of my favorite, <laughs> like, recut trailers. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, no, the uh, the love is in the air. We've got some... 
16 year olds i guess most most of them are 16 mm-hmm. that's about the time where kids start to fall in love with their first loves um <clears throat> this is interesting because that that is like the balance of the darkness in this um in yeah. this book in the movie because this movie gets dark <laughs> them dark arts bro we got them dark arts um, speaking of dark arts, we got a new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and we that do. would be an older teacher. Everyone knows it's the dark arts. He's fancies. Severus Snape finally gets his, the position he's been wanting for years, and he gave up potions because this year we have a new um, potions master in the shape of a, a horse slug horn, if you will. Oh, I thought he was in the shape of an armchair. <laughs> he was. He was. <laughs> that was good. Um, but yeah, we've got a new potions master, which is a little switch up because usually the defense against the dark arts gets replaced. And it did. But um, this is like, this is where I wanted to become. Like, if you had to, we've been over this before. If you were to become uh, a Hogwarts student and you had to pick a class to, like, your favorite class, what would that be? And I picked potions. But Slughorn is the reason I picked potions because I don't know if I could handle Snape for five years. Oh, absolutely not. Um, Even if I I was a Slytherin. (laughs) But... Yeah, no, Slughorn is, like, he's, like, full of himself for sure, but he's still nice. And he, like, encourages people to be good potion people, yeah. potion masters. Um, and it's really, really cool. And it it makes me makes me want to do that. He brings, like, a lot more light naturally to, like, the, the dungeons and stuff. It's yeah. not as, like, dark and drabby. And yeah. so it looks just, like, more fun and more, like, the ambiance has completely changed now yeah. that he's moved into there. I think in all the older, like, especially in the first couple movies, all the potion scenes were, like, you could hear, like, dripping yeah. noises <laughs> in the in the corridor. The pipes. <laughs> With the weird music. and uh, But this is, like, he brings warmth to the, to the dungeons. Yeah, and, and I, um, I feel like I could be wrong, but the other movies, those those scenes with Snape are just mainly to highlight the tension between Harry and Snape. Yeah. And this is the first time where you, like, really see them, like, in potions class. Yeah. more And you spend a lot more time in there, naturally, because of the story of the book. And you don't spend any time with them in Defense Against the Dark Arts. What? At all. There's no scenes with Snape as the, that as the teacher. That stinks. That's that's a big omission. Because that's one of my favorite scenes in the book is their yeah. first experience with mm-hmm. Snape and as their teacher in Defense Against Dark Arts and Harry just gets all snarky with him. Yeah. Oh man, what a come what a, he had it's like You don't have to call me so, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> the gall he had. That was so <laughs> funny. And he got detention and everything. And, and then he was like, oh, sorry, I can't do a detention because I have to meet with Professor Dumbledore. Yeah. Sorry. I, I feel like Snape should have been in this movie a little bit more than he was. He mm-hmm. he was in there enough. He was in the key key scenes that you needed, like the Unbreakable Vow. Yeah. You see him, like, 
talking with Malfoy here and there, trying to like help him or like keep him out of trouble. Yeah. Um, and of course at the end, but I feel like he should have been in it some more. Yeah, definitely. So my, uh, we all know that since the writer strikes ending, and we before this writer strike, we heard that HBO was going to be rebooting the series as or as a TV show on there, mm-hmm. as a chapter by chapter, book for book per season uh, reboot, if you will. And um, we there's been some mixed reviews, mixed hot takes. Uh, people aren't really receiving it as well. But I think people are. It's growing on people, and us as show hosts here, uh, we just want to say that we approve of it and we're very excited for it. Um, but I love book Snape. I I don't love Snape as a character, but I love the ability. Like everyone says, that Alan Rickman is Snape, and yes, he is. He's mm-hmm. amazingly he's Snape, but he doesn't have like the cunning and jeering like evil like sneers the snarl that he had the snarl that yeah. I feel like that that's a word has. JK Rowling always like used like Snape snarled at yeah him, you know like super like scrunched face but Alan Rickman's super chill and he's like relaxed face all the time yeah and he's just like I couldn't be bothered <laughs> by maggots like you and then like I don't know. It's it's gonna be so cool. See, I hope they can change up and not just do an Alan Rickman impression, because yeah. that would just make people upset. Anyways, you know, you might as well go for it. Um, that that's where I'm at. Like, I I want it to be different. Yeah. Than what we've had before, because we've still got these movies. We can still love all the casting <laughs> choices and everything. Like, I'd be curious if they did make some different Here's choices what I, with the characters a little bit. <laughs> Here's what I want. Are you familiar with the show Drunk History? No. Yes. I've heard I've heard of it. Okay. I've never watched any of it. Okay, I, so I really don't know much about it. It is basically people get drunk, celebrities get drunk and then they tell a historical story. Okay. But it's in the it's in the uh style of they tell the story. Yeah. And the reenaction is going on while they're telling it. Okay. So yeah. kind of like the in Ant-Man where he's telling him right. about the heist and stuff, that little scene. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lewis. Lewis. I think. Yeah. And it's like, while he's talking, he like the they're, they're doing the talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that to be just the audiobook of Jim Dale and then just them just mouthing the words. <laughs> That'd be, f- I'd be fine with that, you know? That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, can I tell you about how I picture Slughorn from okay. reading the book? Before I saw the movie. Jonathan, so, how did you picture Slughorn? I'm so glad you asked. From the beginning I've been, of the I've been movie. dying to talk about okay. it. I'm glad you brung it up. <laughs> um, so the book describes him as having a like walrus mustache and being like kind of a heavy set kind of guy. Okay. So my mind instantly combined two people or two characters. All right. Um, one was Jamie from Mythbusters. What? Because he's got that mustache. Okay. Yeah. And the beret. The and I combined him with, I want to say Jumba from what Lilo and Stitch. What the heck are like, you talking? Like it was, it was Jamie from MythBusters with Jumba's body type. That's so weird. That's how I pictured Horace Slughorn. <laughs> You're weird for that. And I 
Maybe we should try and get AI to create that and see if I can get that <laughs> that image. But no, that's that's just how I pictured it. I've always pictured, especially Jamie's, like the mustache. Like that's yeah. supposed to be what it looks like. Now I know Jim Broadbent doesn't look how I pictured him, but I also really love his portrayal yeah. as Slughorn. I, but he I think he did a really good well. job. Yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> Interesting. I am not sure how I pictured him. I don't, I guess I don't really have a, I guess he's always been Slughorn to me. Because yeah. I guess I didn't really read this book before it came out. The movie. You had to. 2009? 2009? And the book came out in 2005, I think. You read it, I'm sure. I was young. Maybe I didn't read it and I just listened to it. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, y'all were getting the book at the midnight release, and I didn't read it because y'all were reading them first. And we were, all I remember we were not going at midnight to get these books. <laughs> okay, no, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when people used to do that. Yeah. Um. But the only memory I have with this particular book, I'm just talking about the book version. Is y'all? reading the book at the same time, getting multiple copies, and then just pretty much reading it all in one day. And then I just, I don't know if this is how it happened. This is just how it happened in my mind. But me and mom were out on at the dinner table, and you and Justin were reading it, and all three of y'all came into the room, and you were like, Snogging? <laughs> what is, what? And then mom was like, that's what I was thinking. Too. What in the world? Why?" And y'all all like came up like you instantly knew that's what you were going to bring up. That's like <laughs> After you guys had all three read the book, that's the first word that y'all thought of. No idea what it meant. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But yeah, no, I, I was, what I was probably doing was working my way through the other books. Because mm-hmm. I was, I don't know, fifth, fifth grade. Maybe. I would have been a junior in high school at this point. Yeah. 11th grade. Okay. So So 6th grade for me. 6th grade, yeah, for you. That was my Hunger Games time. Okay. All right. But surely. Nuh-uh. 100%. There's no way. I read Hunger Games in 6th grade. So you're right. I probably read this way before. I probably listened to it before. There's no way you were on the Hunger Games train in 2009 yeah i don't think it i knew the story to all of these movies before i saw them what am i thinking <laughs> i'm so dumb okay yeah but i would like to put it out there that i did read hunger games before it was cool because my mom was a librarian and she made me proofread it for cuss words which there were a couple so did you get to mark it out with the with the sharpie yeah it was fun nice um <laughs> censorship yeah, good old censorship. It was Hunger Games. <laughs> if that's the only thing I'm censoring, <laughs> shoot. Um, but yeah, so the book, I remember people loving this book so much. And what's crazy is that y'all's first reaction to the word snogging, that being the first thing you talk about besides Dumbledore dying. <laughs> And I remember mom coming up with all of her own theories and stuff like, I just know he's going to come back as a phoenix or something like that. 
Huh. Yeah, um, at this point, I I actually don't really have a clear memory for uh, Half-Blood Prince, like, reading the book. Okay. Um, I do remember our aunt got it for me for my birthday. I remember she did that with the fifth and sixth one. Okay. And so I remember it was one of those where... I had my very own copy. I didn't have to share with anyone else. Like I, I got yeah. to, I got to read it on my at my own pace and everything, and when I wanted to, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, like I, I even forget what year this book came out, and it, unless I look it up, and for some reason I don't pair two thousand five with this book at all. Yeah, I guess I, I, I remember Goblet of Fire coming out that year. But I don't really remember reading the sixth one. Well, I remember let's be real. The Goblet of Fire movie was iconic for sure for Harry the Harry Potter yeah. franchise. Yeah, that was the that was a shift. Mm-hmm. So I guess the book was just like, yeah, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> but I I don't really have a, a a whole lot of memories of the book in this one, other than I really enjoyed it. It's one of the best ones. And yeah, by the time the movie came along, I I do you remember going and seeing this in the theater? I I remember yeah. going with mom. Yeah, I do. I just remember seeing it. I remember going at night, and there was like yeah. kind of a rowdy group of like college kids behind us, and it was kind of annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I remember walking out of the theater really sad because Dumbledore died. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so I I've talked about this ad nauseum whatever that word means <laughs> okay um is my biggest gripe with order of the phoenix was that it's the longest book and the shortest movie okay all right this one what i appreciate about half-blood prince is that it it is one of the longer movies in the series yeah um it comes out to 153 minutes um so that's two hours 33 minutes or so Precisely. And, and yet, there's still so much left out I know. <laughs> of this movie. J.K. Rowling knows how to pack open a book. And so... Pack open a book? <laughs> pack open. Pack things into a book. I'm probably just going to go ahead and say this. This is probably the worst adaptation of of any of the other okay. movies. Yeah. The only other one I can... I don't know. Between 4, 5, and 6, it's like one of those. Yeah. Um... What I do appreciate is, like, they didn't skimp out on the runtime. They did extend it further than, like, the last few, yeah. so. But there's just still so much, like, left unsaid. Like what? Well, here is what has been cut from the book. These are things you'd like to see in the new HBO special. Absolutely. Special series. The Dursleys. Yes. Dumbledore's conversation with the Dursleys at the beginning when he goes and picks up Harry at the beginning of the book and basically calling them out for all the horrible things that they've done to him all the (laughs) throughout the years and basically asking for him to be able to come back one more time next summer so that he'll have that protection because he'll be of age and they were like he's not of age yeah, he's like, only- well, in the Wizarding World, it's 17. And they're like, that's rubbish. <laughs> but okay. Um, they don't have that, they don't have that scene 
with the Dursleys. So yeah. I, you know, I always feel bad for like the actors and actresses that actresses, <laughs> the, the actors that play the Dursleys. Yeah. I always feel bad when they get cut, like when they aren't in the movie. Cause I feel like they was like, Oh man, I was, I yeah, know I'm in the great. book. Especially like, and then like, especially Dudley. Yeah. Harry Melling. Yeah. I like, feel like he didn't get to hang out with all the kids as much. He, he, ne- yeah, right. He doesn't get to hang out with anybody at Hogwarts. Yeah. And then like, he's not even going to get to like have a scene with Harry. So like he wasn't, they weren't in the fourth one and they weren't in this one. I think are the two that they're cut from. Yeah, they they were at the beginning of Order of the Phoenix. They had that scene. Um, and Deathly Hallows. And I guess technically they're not in Deathly Hallows Part 2, but okay. <laughs> There's that scene where in the movie, basically it starts out with like, Harry's been like hanging around on riding trains. And like <laughs> yeah, what? hanging out at the train station and stuff and going to this cafe and talking to this waitress that he thinks Voldemort's is cute. on the loose, dude. And that totally like disregards the whole reason for Harry going and staying yeah. with the Dursleys because of that protection that he has You've got there. your own room. You can just hang out there. So if he's not going there, like, why doesn't he just go back to the burrow every summer? That's true. <laughs> and that has a protection on it, too, which we have to get into. We'll get, we'll get to that, too. Um, oh, man. But that's that's the gripe there. Um, chapter one of the book, The Other Minister, I see why they cut it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do I, I do like that chapter. A lot. Um, but I can definitely see why that didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, so there are other, other what's things. What's interesting about the others, beginning but... of this book is that they don't get to Hogwarts for the first... Like, Harry doesn't set foot on Hogwarts grounds till page 160. Wow. <laughs> that's 24% of the book. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, first <laughs> first quarter of the book, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I like it. the first. It's all great. I mean, there's good burrow time, Dursley time. Um, but it's so weird to me that I was like, this, they're not at Hogwarts yet, and we've been here a while. I had yeah. to like count that. The only other one I would think is uh, probably Goblet of Fire because they had the Quidditch World Cup. That was its own chapter and everything, mm-hmm. but but also Deathly Hallows. They don't even go to Hogwarts <laughs> until the end. Mm-hmm. So some of the other scenes that were cut from the book, well, from the movie that were in the book, were so many of like the memories in the pensive of yeah. like the Gaunts of Tom Riddle's family. Um, the one that I wanted to see the most was when like. Voldemort comes back to Hogwarts and like he's been like living as like a dark wizard for mm-hmm. some time, but he comes back and asks Dumbledore for a job. Like yeah. I would have loved to see That'd that. That'd be scene. cool. Um Yeah, so much of that was, you know, left out to try and simplify things, I guess. Yeah. But and, and I do think that that is one of the issues, I guess, with this book is there's so much mm. of just delving into Tom Riddle's backstory. Yeah. There's so much plot exposition. There's so much yes. backstory and conversations. And that's, they want to make this, well, it's a fun adventure movie too. We want to make sure that there's plenty of, you know, action and funny nope. scenes and that sort of thing. But like, you yeah. needed to have a lot more of this dialogue in this movie. Exactly. Because people that have not read the books think of Voldemort in a different light mm-hmm. and they don't understand Deathly Hallows 
as much as they could. I and they're so. like, oh, he's just some dumb wizard that is obsessed with a kid. Yeah. Play, wants to take over a high school, like stuff like that. Um, which, I mean, that's pretty fair. But <laughs> yeah. You're getting the. Like, the they main don't understand his origin story at all. And it's very educational. Yeah. That, I mean, that that is probably the best parts of the book. Yeah. Is just really him and Dumbledore really. I like how Dumbledore phrases it in the book of how, like, I have told you everything that I know. From this point on, yeah. it's all theories, basically. Yeah. This is what... This it is gets what, real. You know, this is... We're just speculating and trying to use the information that I have, the memories I've collected, to try and come up with a best guess of, of why Voldemort is the way he is yeah. and how he's been able to stay around for so long, you know? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, there's... There's so much there that that got left on the table. I understand. Um, other scenes, the battle at Hogwarts at the end. People were mad about that. Basically, I heard the filmmakers just said like, "Well, we're gonna do that at the end of part seven, so like, we don't want to do it twice. Let's just like save some money, <laughs> basically." <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Okay. Dumbledore's to- funeral wasn't there, right? Yeah. And and there's other uh, these are scenes that were just like cut out completely. There's some other changes and additions. Some good, some bad, but I'll 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 let you have the floor. Okay. Voldemort has been around for a long time. He's in his 70s, right? Well, I don't I don't actually know. And I've heard I that's what I thought that he's in his 70s. Dumbledore's pretty old too. Dumbledore's they made old. a joke about it in this movie. 150? Like, he's Dumbledore's not old. How how old is he? Give or take a few. <laughs> Um, but that means Slughorn is even older, or around the same age as Dumbledore. But also, this is what really blows my mind. I don't know if I've thought about this: is Voldemort, if he if Voldemort should be seventy something, that means Hagrid should also be close to that age too, right? Because yeah. they were at Hogwarts at the same time. Yeah. But I always think that he's just a little bit older than Lily and James. Mm-hmm. Either both actors needed to be a little bit older. Or the canon should just reduce his age. <laughs> yeah. The, the timeline is kind of whacked, I think. So um, some other changes that were made or things that were added. Um, let's talk about Quidditch. Okay. I feel like that's something you're pretty passionate about. Quite passionate, actually. About the subject. Yes. Um they skipped over Quidditch <clears throat> in Order of the Phoenix. Yes. And in the movie, that is. Which I was upset about because they had so much extra time. And this movie seems to combine some of the elements from 5 and 6 in it. Yeah. So, I don't hate it, but what do you have to say about it? Well, first of all, Ron was already on the team. Right, yeah. He didn't need to try out in this mo- in this book. Yeah. Actually, didn't he have to try out again in the book? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was on they, it the they year made, before. So, Angelina, she was graduated. But, uh... the In the book, it said the only Katie original... Bell, Katie Bell was the only original player from Harry's she, first year. Yeah, and... And she was, like, her last year. And Harry was gonna let her stay on the team, but she was like, absolutely not. I won't mm-hmm. stand for that. Oh, I'm gonna try out again. And if I'm not as good, and we don't... 
if I'm not as good as some of the other people and we lose because of that, I'll never forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Side note, I was thinking about that. If she was there his first year and she's the seventh mm-hmm. year, that means she was a second year. Or she got held back. <laughs> it means she was a, it was her second year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, which means she's most, most people don't play their first year. Yeah. So that would have also been her first year playing Quidditch. Yes. Same as Harry. Yeah. So it's, she doesn't really have much seniority on him because it would have been her first year right. too. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a thought I had. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, so Katie Bell, she'll come back in this story a little bit. <laughs> She's always bit. in the air, that girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's funny because before this, they haven't had any Quidditch scenes in the movies since no. the third one. And I miss it. You get a little bit of him like on a broom in in Goblet of Fire, but like not full on Quidditch. And they don't even get started on the Quidditch World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Something that uh, HBO show will be able to redeem for us um, is bringing Quidditch in. Um, Oh, it's so good. That whole episode should just be the match and just be the entire episode should just be like a sports movie. Absolutely. And you could still put Dark Mark stuff in there as well. Like, I don't even care, like, what's going on with, like, Harry and stuff in the crowd. Like, I want to go in, like, <laughs> what are the coaches telling the players at halftime? Yes. You know, like, you got to get out there and give it everything you got. <laughs> Try Mullet and Maran. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's two books ago. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but, yeah, I just want more Quidditch. And I'd love – I'm. I played Hogwarts Legacy – that's fun. I haven't played it in months because I'm not good at playing video games <laughs> um, consistently, which I guess it's an okay thing to have. Um, but there's not much Quidditch. There's not a Quidditch game, but you can go to the Quidditch pitch and get a broom and fly around, and that's fun. Yeah. But I remember the Quidditch game, the PS2 game that we had, and it was like FIFA, but Quidditch. And it was very, very simple. You couldn't do much with it. Yeah. But that's what I've been wanting for all these years, is like a FIFA-level uh, video game of Quidditch. And I think we probably could get that in the next five or ten years. I, yeah, I, with I the success it. Hogwarts Legacy has, at least that's been approved for a second a sequel to it. Okay. Um, so... They'll I they'll at least have to put Quidditch in that in yeah. that one just to make it cooler, but yeah, Quidditch is cool and I love it. It's like it's so interesting. I mean, maybe the rules are a little jacked up, but <laughs> like include it. Give us some. It's okay to give us some Hogwarts time. Just give us the lore. That's all we want. Yeah. The best part about Harry Potter is not the story. It's just the world. Okay, the story's pretty good, too. But people want to dive in and be immersed and go to Hogwarts themselves. So, And, yeah, they they definitely just combined elements of the story from 5 and 6 and put it all in this movie. And so that that always confuses me as to what happened in what book. Yeah. I like I never remember until I go and actually read the book, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that that didn't happen yet. (laughs) Another change from the book was when Harry is spying on Malfoy on the Hogwarts Express it's it's Tonks that finds him and rescues him yes in the book in the movie it's Luna right okay 
What do you think about that? Oh, you know I have some interesting <laughs> takes on this. Actually, we did a Harry Potter trivia night down at the Mellow Mushroom mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and that was one of the questions. And I knew it because I just read it that day, <laughs> and I was so excited. <laughs> I don't know if this is a hot take or it is a take, but I don't think I like Tonks. Okay. I don't think she adds to the story whatsoever. Hmm. And I don't think she's that important. And I think her love story with Lupin is a little weird. It's a lot of weird, actually. And I don't think it's that. I'm Obviously, Lupin thought it was weird, too. But um, <laughs> I don't like it. And I think the direction... It comes out she, of nowhere. Yeah. She just added... She just... Where, where was she? Order the Phoenix. That's it. <laughs> what does she do? What what brings what is her, she's an order? Yeah, she's good. That's how she contributes, I guess. I guess people like Mundungus Fletcher. Nobody Can likes part him. Of it. Nobody likes him. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, what does she add to the story besides just an extra character? I mean, not not a whole lot in the movies. She's related to Sirius in the books. She just has this role of being like happy go lucky, kind of like fun, quirky kind of person. Yeah. That, you know, has a good sense of humor and that sort of thing. Shape people like her. her face. Yeah, she's got these powers. Changes her hair. Um, and they don't really aren't really able to spend too much time with her in the movies. But yeah, but in I've the always book, thought that was though, kind of a weird, kind of a weird pivot. Sure, for her to be like in love with Lupin. Right, and then everyone thought that she was just like upset because her Dep- cousin died. She was depressed about yeah, Sirius Black's death. But it's just like, yeah, in the Order of the Phoenix, she was a fine character. It was fine. Yeah. She wasn't like, nothing to write home about. I don't think she was really anyone's favorite. Maybe a couple people, but. I can I can picture some people feeling yeah. like, oh yeah, they were. That's my favorite character. I'm very shape-shifty. <laughs> um, but in the, in the book even, like I'm actually happy that in the movies took the liberties and switched it. That's like one of the only changes I think is mm-hmm. perfect. Because why would she be on the train for protection? Mm-hmm. It's got Hogwarts protection on it. I don't know if she was on the train the whole time. I think she may have been stationed like at the station, like okay. in Hogsmeade. Okay. And saw that Harry didn't get off. And what? so she explored the train. Still. But... It makes sense. I like I like Luna discovering him. Yeah. Because just simply to have her something to do in this movie. <laughs> like you get an extra sure. scene Because yeah. she's not really in the book that much. No. And really the only scenes you have with her in the book is her like kind of being like depressed and missing her friends from the DA. <laughs> yeah. Like just kind of like saying things like, oh, it was it was nice having friends for a while. Yeah. You know, it was like having friends. <laughs> yeah. And I I just like how she's such an NPC in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's just like in the background, just vibing with like her Gryffindor costume on. Yeah. yeah. Even though she's a Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> she's so chaotic. <laughs> um I think she's awesome. And giving her something to do is great. And I don't think if people are mad about that just because it's they're not being pure to the book, like, okay, pff, this is the half-blood prince, get over it. It's only half pure. It's not... 
the only thing that would be critical in that in that sequence would be uh, Harry discovering that Tonks' Patronus has changed. Yes. But they don't really go into that. They've kind of cut that side plot yeah. in this movie. Basically, um, the only time you see Tonks in this is at Christmas, right? Yeah. they go. Ba- he goes back home with Ron to the burrow, and there's that whole scene, which we can get to, where the Death Eaters attack them at the burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's kind of there's kind of a scene as they're leaving where like Tonks like says to Remus like ready to go love you know like like yeah. they're all ready together. It's like a soft launch. So it's not they don't really have this like oh well, are they gonna get together tension throughout. They're just yeah. like basically they just are together in this movie. Yeah. So I'm okay with the change. It doesn't really affect too much. Yeah. Now what is the point of having the Death Eaters at the burrow? No idea. Because <laughs> that defeats the purpose. Like, there's protection charms on the burrow. Otherwise, he could just live at the burrow. Mm-hmm. And then also, if they didn't, they wouldn't... Anybody could just walk up to their house and burn it. They would have done it a long time ago. Um, It's definitely not going to be like the kids going to run and chase a werewolf in the in a corn maze. Like a marsh or something, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, weird choice. That scene gets a lot of hate. I feel like, and because they could have just used that that five minutes or so yeah. and put it in a battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that is something that they considered. Like, we don't want to go through doing this whole battle of Hogwarts. We need some more action in here somewhere. We need some. We need to increase the mm-hmm. stakes somehow. So let's yeah. let's do this this scene in the middle here yeah that's that's kind of all i can the only reason i can come up with um what what did you put in my drink did you do, did you touch my cup here i don't know what you're i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um the lid has clearly been opened i nope i don't think so hmm <laughs> i wish this is a video podcast right now <laughs> if we're lucky the rest of this podcast might go pretty well i would say so hmm. uh jonathan I, I actually didn't put it in there i was just giving you confidence but so that you can be good at it i i i acted like i was putting felix felices in your cup but it's i didn't actually though so rest assured no uh so i have in my hand which nobody can for those audio listeners that can't, can't see what we're, which is all of you, <laughs> uh, I have a bottle, a replica bottle of Felix Felicis. And I got it from some of my friends, shout out to Abby and Alex, um, that uh, last year when I did my first like theater Fiddler on the Roof thing, um, go listen to the episode if you haven't. Um, they sent me this on opening night, uh, saying, good luck, don't break, or go break a leg or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cool. Um, I guess, I guess I just got it on Amazon, but it looks like it's legit from Wizarding World, but it's literally just a, it looks like there's just honey inside of it. So I'm going to taste it right now if you want to. You want to yeah. taste it? Yeah, I need a little liquid luck. It's really cool to look at. Now, I did not brew this potion. 
Okay. Had to be FDA approved, I'd, I'd say. So. Mm. All right. Well. Cheers. Cheers. Ew. As a honey ta- honey texture, mm-hmm. st- honey stickiness, but zero flavor, I would say. It just tastes like corn syrup to you, me. You start to taste something sweet, and then it just like vanishes. Yeah. And it turns into luck. Whoa. Whoa. So anyways, I figured I'd crack open that bad boy. But it looks really cool. I probably will not be finishing this. And just keep it in the bottle just because it looks so cool. But, yeah. I'm feeling lucky. I think I'm going to get going. I think I'm going to go visit Hagrid. I just feel like it's the place to be. (laughs) (sighs) Well, by all means, Professor, come with. (laughs) Come on, Harry. We've got a game to win. Well, I I feel like we've... we've, uh... We've talked about a lot of the changes from the book and the differences, stuff that got left out, stuff that's been added. Um, let's talk about some of the good scenes, some of the the best scenes, some of the funniest scenes. I think this movie is probably the funniest. We, we could probably have a debate between this and Goblet of Fire for like the yeah. funniest. Um, I I think this one probably is the funniest. I would I would this agree one probably with that. is yeah a little too funny. You think so? I think. I think there is a balance between super dark and funniness to balance mm. it out. But it does get a little too much. It's really, really heavy on the awkward like relationship stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, with Goblet of Fire, I think that there is... It just has like a very funny sequence getting ready for the Yule Ball. Yes. I feel like. In the midst of like a very serious in tone movie. Yeah. Um, but like all there's so there's just a montage of like tons and tons of scenes. And not that there isn't funny scenes, but just like the Yule Ball leading up to that is pretty funny, I think. Um but this has just a lot of like the teen romance throughout and a lot of like awkwardness. Yeah. Awkward awkward dating tension <laughs> tension and you know, some of oh, it. Man. Some of it, I don't think, is intentional. <laughs> now we could talk about this. Some of it is. I think some some of it is intentional. <clears throat> some of it is just like awkwardness of like chemistry between actors, and it's awkward yeah. for us to watch. And it probably wasn't intended. <laughs> um, I there was one scene though. I thought I was actually cracking up like out loud at. And it's just a very subtle thing. It's not even a quote, but it's like when Ron and Harry are like on the train back at Christmas time yeah. and lavender comes up and like blows on the glass and fogs up the window mm-hmm. and draws like the heart, you know, one, one and lavender, you know? Yeah. And Harry in that scene, just watch Daniel Radcliffe. Like he does not know what to do and he like, doesn't even like want to look up. So he's just like looking down and just like <laughs> patting his knee and like, he like, you know, like the, the thing in the backseat of a car that you pull down and it's got cup holders. Yeah. He's like pulling that thing down <laughs> Like just like like trying to be like like it's captured his attention suddenly. To like to this just is not so look fascinating. This, this, this furniture we got. It was just so funny to me. I thought that was funny. <laughs> that's that's funny. I mean, do you want to get into the some of the romance? Romance. I do. Okay, so this is me. Not first of all, I guess. Do we want to do we want to talk Harry and Ginny or do we want to talk? Oh, well, we kind Ron of brush past the Felix Felices thing. What? Well, just like that whole sequence. 
you want to come back to that? Oh, people people think that's the funniest part of yeah. the entire series. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's so there's a lot of great quotes in that. Like, sir, sir, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the pinchers, the of pins, course, pinchers. And uh, I don't know. It's like a little. It's it's a bit cheeky. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, and I, my favorite part about that was when they're at the Aragog's funeral. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Did he have any family?" And Harry was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, now that I think that's the funniest part of the movie, I guess. Um, I sort of get the feeling that people treat that as the funniest movie, as the funniest scene of the movie, mm-hmm. as much as people think treat the first ten minutes of Up as sad Mm -hmm. the same caliber like that's oh that's the pull out scene from the movie you know Mm. it is a good scene sir (laughs) Uh, this you don't get a lot of Hagrid in this movie either and I think that's a good time to have Hagrid no yeah yeah it's a good scene with him yeah I love the music as he's given the eulogy like farewell Aragog Aragog king of Spiders, arachnids, arachnids. <laughs> no, the music swelling and stuff is mm-hmm. so sweet. It doesn't. It could have gone longer. Obviously, it's funny just seeing Daniel Radcliffe and just like vibing to Felix yeah. <laughs> potion. He's <laughs> and he's just like he's buzzing. so much looser. I don't know, yeah. kind of playing it kind of drunk. Yeah. yeah. Um. But and it, but it's also funny. In the context of the book, too, and story, it's it's just like <laughs> Slughorn is like just trying to like get this rare like venom. He's like, oh, uh, well, well, maybe I'll I'll crash the funeral too, and maybe try and get a couple bottles educational of this, purposes, you know? of course. You know, of course, you know. Well, he caught him getting the. And he leaves. was already, yeah, he was already raiding the herbology. Oh man, greenhouse. <laughs> what was the plant called? The venomous tentacula. I think that's it. oh yeah that is it yeah venomous tentacula mm-hmm. late at night stealing him um, and then also the venom he he just likes it he he wheels and deals venom on the black market <laughs> yeah. purely he for fi- he likes the finer things in life he you know? does. he's got he's got a certain lifestyle he needs to uphold <laughs> so he's got to make these connections with people it makes sense he's the potions master he should be taking stuff from herbology. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Where, why? Why wouldn't they give it to him? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not like destroying someone's like project that but they've that's, been growing, <laughs> working on all year. No, that's that's a <laughs> Professor Sprout's side hustle. Oh yeah, yeah. His teachers don't get paid enough, Dealer. so she she sells that. <laughs> she sells the leaf. Yeah, we can go back to the the romance. If okay. You want. Do we want to talk Harry and Jenny first, or Ron and Hermione first, or Ron and Lavender? What me and Lav have. What about... <laughs> or Dean and Jenny. Dean and Jenny. They don't really show that. Just a little bit. Just them snogging and holding hands. Snogging, yes. Let, I mean, let's just talk Harry and Jenny. Let's okay. Just, let's just go for it. So this is bad. <laughs> I think what... I, I I love Bonnie, right? And she's... She's... Jenny. I mean, she's not the Jenny from the books. But she's a version of Ginny, and yeah. we find 
it's it's a source of bad writing, result of bad writing. I I for her think, character. I think the dialogue is so awkward. It is like I. I think there's a lack of chemistry between the two, but I think the dialogue is just not good writing. Yeah. But also, it's the director not like Open saying, up. "Hey, we need to do this more naturally." Open What's up, going on? Open up, you. <laughs> Open up, you. Ew, that was so awkward. <laughs> Ew, no. Shoelace. That was so awkward. I remember that whole scene being in the theater with the <laughs> with the rowdy college kids behind me, and they were all like laughing at that scene. It was like okay, oh, so. If someone says, like, oh, that girl's so pretty, mm. I'll be like, yeah, she has nice skin. <laughs> and nobody gets it, and they just think I'm weird. And I'm like, oh, it's from Harry Potter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, Ginny has so yeah, much what, of a What's pers- not to like? She's, she's smart. She's funny. She's great in she's the books. It's just this movie, she's just written poorly. She's got good skin. And she's not the greatest actor, though. Like, I mean, no, she's yeah. not. Um, and Bonnie Wright, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I love you. Come on our show. That's I'm fine. sorry that you had to listen to this. I'm sorry that we... we it's fine. I'm not going to say, oh, we need a better Ginny. She's fine. Not a big deal. I want to see a better Ginny, though. <laughs> um, I think... Especially the scene that really set me over the edge with it was in the train at the beginning where mm-hmm. she meets Luna and she's handing out quibblers, quibblers. Mm-hmm. And then she's she got hands a little it. pygmy puff on her shoulder. Yeah, she's like, those old, what? Those old pygmy puff? Don't put that out in the rain or something. Don't get it wet. Yeah, the gremlin. Yeah. Pygmy puffs, those are especially good for. Or she says something like, they like to sing on Boxing Day. Oh yeah, they like to especially like to sing on Boxing Day. Stuff like that. <laughs> Anyways, um and then she's like quibbler and Ginny's like, "Yes, please." She takes it from him and half a second later she's like, "What's Rexperts?" <laughs> like like she had already read the whole page. Like it was unnaturally oh, quick. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "You could have taken a little bit more time." And naturally read that. <laughs> it made me a little upset. Um, but, anyways, I'm not. I don't want to be hard on Ginny, because that's she did great. I mean, also, this book wasn't written when she was cast as Ginny, so yeah, they didn't know how big of a part she was going to be. She thought she was just going to be the yeah the girl that got kidnapped. You know, right? I mean. You take, I mean, there's definitely a lot of gambles you, you've got to take casting yeah. kids at such a young age, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, you cast them at, you know, 9, 10, 11, mm-hmm. whatever that age, and you just hope that, oh, in five years, they're going to have chemistry with this other actor so that we can do these specific scenes, you know? Yeah. And, like, maybe if they had taken a little bit more time to, like, because really yeah. after the second one, I mean, in the first, the third, the fourth, she has more of a role in the fifth one. Yes. But she's more of like a cameo background student in the, a lot of the other movies. Yeah. And so suddenly, they're like a major player, and they're kind of thrown into a lot more scenes. It's like, well, they haven't really been acting with these people in that way. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I, I, don't try, I don't try and get like, be too hard on her either. No. Um, no. You know, it is what it is. But I was thinking of during these Quidditch scenes... Given this movie version of of mm-hmm. Ginny, 
um, you know the part where in tryouts where he's like, can everybody just pay attention to me? And Jenny's like, shut it! Shut it! Like, that's Jenny, you know? Mm-hmm. But that wasn't Jenny. Because then I was reminded, like, oh yeah, Jenny becomes a professional Quidditch player. But that's not this Jenny's personality whatsoever. Oh, does she? Like, is that? Yeah, that's that's what she does. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't remember. Jenny Quidditch player. Yeah, like they didn't really, as the movies went on, they didn't really develop that fiery spirit that she has, sort of. Yeah. You know, as the movies go on. And like in a scene like that, they tried to showcase that, but there should have been a little bit more. Instead, there was just a lot more like awkward dialogue. Yeah. Um, well, okay, a change in the book is like they kiss for the first time after the, winning a Quidditch match. Oh, yeah. That Harry can't go to, right? Like he finds out. He's in mm-hmm. detention or something. I don't remember. He gets in trouble. Yeah. He can't go. That, that always happens to him. Yeah. Classic. Um, he finds out that they win the game and he just like goes over and kisses her right in front of everybody in the, you know, in the yeah. common room, you know, Ron and Lavender Brown style. <laughs> <laughs> but in the movie, that scene was so awkward. Yeah. Um, of her taking him to the room of requirement, stashing the book away there. Having him close his eyes, kissing him. I can stay hidden up here too if you like. Ew. <laughs> that, can, that can stay hidden here too. <laughs> Ew. It, that, it's cringe. It's and just I'm the sorry. dialogue. It, 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 was, it was pretty bad. Um, but Let's move on. Career, his wife, Jenny, stuck with her athletic career. Okay. Playing for the Hollyhead Harpies, an all-female Quidditch team. Eventually, yeah. Jenny left the team to raise the kids. But that's what she did right after. That's cool. Um, so, yeah. And then she wrote as the senior Quidditch correspondent for the Wizarding newspaper, The Daily Prophet. Um, she didn't have to stop playing the moment she had her kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought that was interesting. And it fits the book, Ginny, so much better. And I feel like the yeah. term, I feel so bad that the term, like, Book Ginny and movie Ginny is a is a known is thing, a thing among the Harry Potter yeah. community. Oh yeah, book Ginny's so great, and yeah. uh, movie Ginny's good too, but not as good as book Ginny. Anyways, um, we talked about Tonks and Lupin. Yeah, that that romance. Um, Ron and Hermione, Ron and Lavender. So Ron and Triangle. Okay, Ron and Lavender. That's just the. We don't even have to worry about Ron was about in that. his whole phase. It was in his, yeah, he was in his phase, <laughs> and Ron had to learn his lessons. But here's the thing. I never once read into that, the Ron and Hermione. Like, I feel like I was surprised reading them kissing in the Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. in the book seven. And I felt like I was so surprised at that. Really? Because I feel like throughout this whole time, I was like, I think Harry and Hermione should be together. I think I think a lot of people. I think I shipped were that. that, but I also didn't care. I was like, I don't know who Ron's gonna end up with, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna be Hermione because they hate each other. Yeah. But that's often how it goes, sometimes in the world. <laughs> but I just like there's so many hints and tension between those two specifically throughout the whole movie, and like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never realized that, like, Hermione was into him. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe I just don't. I'm not good at picking up cues. <laughs> it's amazing how I ended up in my position today. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I I was like, what? I can't believe that. Like, that's just a random thing that happened in the seventh book. But it's been leading up to it for books and books now. Yeah, I mean... But it's so obvious in this one. I mean, they've been hinting at it in the movies from, like, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Like, like that moment, like, that first Care Magical Creatures class. Yeah. Buckbeak comes out and scares them, and, like, she, like, grabs his hand really quick. Yeah. And then, like, they kind of look at each other and, like, let go. And it's just like, okay, they're already kind of setting up some, like, some some interest there. Something's going on. In the movies, anyway. What is going on in the House of Commons? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know why I was so oblivious to that whole thing. Just, I'm pretty much, Harry was oblivious, too. So, I guess I'm, I guess I'm Harry in this situation. He was oblivious to his two don't friends. Don't tell Harry. Don't tell Harry. That's funny. Uh, and I, even like Dumbledore was asking twice to Harry. Mm-hmm. He brought up the thought of him dating a girl. Yeah, he was in asking. this movie. The one about the waitress. Uh huh. Yeah. And then he's like, I can't help to notice that you and Miss Granger seem to be ha- hanging out a lot. Yeah. Is there something there? So are you guys college <laughs> friends, or are you uh, had a so, uh, good friends in college? Or would you? Uh... I just love the nitty gritty of relationships. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's so much of that, and then he was like, "Oh, absolutely not. That's <laughs> not happening. No thanks. I'm actually into Ron's sister, <laughs> and actually Cho Chang, but she disappeared." <laughs> Yeah, was she even in this? Oh, movie? maybe she didn't come back that year because of unsafety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But that. I know she was in year seven, though. Yeah. I wonder if she, maybe she just wasn't in this movie. I can't remember. Yeah, but she, I feel like she like went on holiday like a long term, like like out of the country type mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. One of the other scenes I really think is funny, besides like the Felix Felices, is Slughorn's Christmas party. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh yeah. yeah, I like how Hermione's like she's gone on this date to like make Ron jealous. Yeah, with the uh, is it Cormac McLaggen? Yep. And <laughs> she's just basically like trying to dodge him the entire night, just like trying to stay away, <laughs> eating the food that makes her have bad breath. It's like, oh, this might keep him off of me for a while. <laughs> yeah. And and some of the other like slug club meetings, I just I think it's funny. Yeah. His whole Slughorn's whole preoccupation with trying to wine and dine people and network and oh, do you know so and so and this yeah. person and yes, yeah, you know. <laughs> he's always just like bragging about the people he knows and the things he's been able to do. <laughs> the love potion scene. Yeah. Where Ron eats all the the spiked chocolates in Harry's room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you kind of get another. You get a scene. Basically, Rupert Grant gets a a scene to kind of act goofy and yeah, half drunk sort of. <laughs> Just after he eats yeah. the the spiked chocolates, I always thought that that part was funny. Romelda, Romelda Vane, of course. <laughs> Can you introduce me? Yeah. Okay, you love her. Have you actually met her? No. no. Can you introduce me? <laughs> These girls, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me, Harry. 
so good. So good. They also play into, in this movie a lot, Ron's so dumb. Ron is just a kid who eats all the time, and he doesn't care. <laughs> like, they, they definitely played into that a lot. There's an establishing shot of him mm. munching on a fat bowl of Jello. <laughs> he's like, will you stop eating? <laughs> oh, man. When Harry's missing, and yeah, stuff. it's like the first Your best shot. Gone. The first shot of inside the Hogwarts castle for yeah, this yeah. year is Ron munching on a bowl of Jello. <laughs> I guess munching is not the right term. Yeah, for that. yeah. Not slurping. Slurping. Jubilating. Ingesting Jello. Inhaling Jello. He was slurping that up. He was slurping that up, <laughs> and inhaling the Jello, and it was so funny. It was a big bowl. Like, more than a normal serving of Jello. One thing that got added to this movie that I, I kind of liked, um, it was out, it was in the, the Felix Felicity scene when Harry actually does get the memory from Slughorn. Mm-hmm. And he has that whole story of, like, I, I had a fish once. It oh, was yeah. Francis. And he's talking about this fish that a student gave him. Yeah. And then it turned out to be, like, Harry's mother gave it to him. Yeah. And then the fish, like, one day just disappeared after Lily died. Yeah. And I thought that that was, that wasn't in the book. Mm-mm. That was something added to the movie, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. Because it also played into, like, sir, her sacrifice was, if, if you don't do this, like, her sacrifice was for nothing. Yeah. And he, like, played it into, like, him getting the the memory. And I thought yeah. that was cool. It was, like, an extra thing. And I, I it made sense. Yeah. That they would have that personal, having that personal connection to Lily would help him. It, it's not yes. just that he had the magic potion to make him do, you know, get the things he wanted, you know. Yeah. So I, I thought that was cool. Uh, One last thing about the romance thing. My probably favorite awkward romance part is during Christmas when Harry and Ginny are just like getting time to themselves and like... Arthur gets a hint, takes a hint and he yeah. throws the pillow down. And he just walks out of the room. Yeah, and in comes Ron with a full plate of hand pies, and it sits right in between them. It's yeah, like, would you like a pie? Pie? So funny. Oh, so awkward. That was that was really good. A great, <laughs> a greatly executed awkward scene. That was a scene I had it in my mind when I was talking about just yeah a lot of the awkwardness in the movie. <laughs> George really good. George in the next movie after this says, "Just trying to break the tension." Morning. But Ron is the one that's trying to add the tension. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so, so Jonathan, let's talk about Horcruxes. Let's talk about buttered sausage. Talk about buttered sausage. Where it comes from. What it does. Why is it doing what it's doing? Get it out of my face. Let's talk about buttered Horcruxes. Where's it come? Where's it come from? <laughs> Um, that's a huge revelation in this story, in, yeah. this, in this part. Um, and that, that is the entire reason that Dumbledore brings Slughorn back. Yeah. So that he can, so Harry can retrieve that memory, even though he's tried, he hasn't been able to get it, mm-hmm. the full story. It's what Dumbledore suspects, but he needs that confirmation. Um, I guess to explain what a Horcrux is 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 basically the splitting of a soul and you can store that like that fractured 
piece of your soul in like an object, in like an enchanted object. Mm-hmm. And it's when you have killed someone, when you have murdered someone, you that's when you can that's when you split the soul, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I there's a there's a whole it turns into a treasure hunt in the next in this yeah. book and in the next one of tracking down all these different horcruxes and you kind of re- you finally kind of realize how Voldemort has been able to stay alive mm-hmm. for so long even though they thought he was defeated how he's been able to come back is because he has split his soul up seven times yeah um now and stored them in all these you know magical objects basically yeah so i've got something to read off um one of my friends sent this to me in a group text um and it was weird because we hadn't talked about that at all about Mm -hmm. this book at all but i was currently reading the book at the same time Mm -hmm. and he sent this to me it's a pie chart of all of the uh horcruxes Okay. And it's shaped like that. It's not split into seven pieces exactly. It is, but it's not like they're not equal parts. Okay. Okay, so I'll just read it off. So when I used to think, it's like a Tumblr post or something from a long time ago, mm-hmm. or Reddit or something. Uh, when I used to think about Voldemort's hor- horcruxes, I imagined a soul divided into equal portions residing in different horcruxes and Voldemort himself. I realized that this can't be true in The Half-Blood Prince because Slughorn describes making... Horcrux as splitting one soul into two. This means that when Riddle made his diary into Horcrux, he split his soul in half and physically removed one half from his body and placed it in the diary. Hmm. This means that he only had half of his soul left when he made his next Horcrux, Marvola's Ring. This half would have been split into half, leaving only a quarter in Voldemort's body. Okay? Um... This goes on and on the amount of soul remaining in Voldemort's having, halving each time, halving, halving, mm-hmm. uh, each time he makes a horcrux until he had only one 128th or 0.78125% left in his body as the shown as shown in the graph above. So next time you wonder why Voldemort could have done some of the things he did, remember how little human he had left in him. Hmm. I don't know how, I don't know about you, but I think that's crazy. Like, I didn't realize that. He has one out of... So you're saying the Horcruxes was half of his soul split up seven times. Everyone says like he split it into seven times, but Mm -hmm. the way Horcruxes work is if you, I guess most people just do one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess that's weird. Uh, so you're splitting your soul in half at that point, leaving 50% in you. But if you do that mm-hmm. seven times, you only have 50% left to give, mm-hmm. and then 25% left to give, and then 12.5% to give, and then like all the way down times seven, so that's 0.7. Yeah. 0.17? Or mm-hmm. point, yeah, 0.78125% left in your body after all that course he has no human left in him he's not of course he's not capable of love (laughs) at that point yeah maybe he would be able to be persuaded prior but no Hmm. and that's that it was a mind-blowing fact for me i have always just thought oh yeah he's got seven parts to him let's kill him 
one yeah. por- one part at a time. We should share that. Um, yeah, I'll on post Instagram. this on our Instagram if y'all want to look at it. That's, That's pretty cool. neat. Um, so yeah. So this this set this just sets us up for Deathly Hollows, the next uh, book in the series, mm-hmm. where they go hunting for these Horcruxes. <laughs> but in this in this book specifically, they they realize or you're, it's confirmed that Riddle's diary in Chamber of Secrets was actually a Horcrux. Yeah, we got that one out of the way, <laughs> and Harry destroyed it with the Basilisk Fang. So. You think that was on purpose when she was writing that? Um, or she's like, ah, what's an artifact? What is art? Oh yeah, that already happened. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. I I think that she had an idea of of stuff, but it, it definitely wasn't fully fleshed out from the beginning. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Dumbledore at the start of this book has a withered hand because yeah. he is he has found one of these Horcruxes and destroyed it, but it it was it was cursed or whatever yeah. and so it it um it i always thought him. he wore it so nobody could take it away and that's why like he had to wear it so nobody would like steal it or so he could keep it safe until he could destroy it mm. and that's what killed his hand yeah i'm not sure because he didn't have that. the sword with him at the time or he didn't know how to kill it i think in the book it says something about he was foolish about like he was he underestimated it or something yeah just didn't take the proper precautions i don't know yeah he didn't wear handle it yeah (laughs) i mean when when draco has that has that um the necklace that he gives to katie i mean she just touches it and suddenly she's flying up in the air yeah so only touch the packaging (laughs) um there but there's seven horcruxes they realize that the the diary was one and um, they go searching for this locket at the end of the movie, which they find out has been switched, so they don't actually have the real one. And then there was also the ring that Dumbledore destroyed. So, two down. <laughs> one down, ten million to go. There's our holes quote for the episode. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I Speaking of Chamber of Secrets, I, when I did go see this movie, I did wonder... If they were gonna have the same Tom Riddle, yeah, back in this movie, and they, they could have, they could have. They they told him he was too old. He was tw- he was he was twenty three. Yeah, uh, in Chamber of Secrets, he was like twenty nine when they were filming this one. But they could have found somebody that looked even the two Tom Riddles in this movie mm-hmm. from the flashback. They didn't look anything alike. Yeah, and fun fact: the original one is Ray Fine's nephew. Oh really? Like the the young kid. It's like the... I could talk to snakes too. Oh yeah. The one that okay. talked like this and was creepy. Yeah. Tell me things. I can make whisper things. Whisper things. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's uh, Ray Fiennes' nephew, and it looks like him. Um, but the kid that, the no offense to the other kid that was just like, I was wondering if you could tell me more about. Horcruxes. That's not Tom Riddle to me. Yeah, he's not Tom Riddle. That's a Hufflepuff energy, at best. I I I'll take Justin Finch Fletchley at <laughs> best. He, I definitely see him as a Slytherin for sure. Maybe not Tom Riddle, but he just mm-hmm. he definitely acts the part of like this like 
swarmy suck up that would like want to be in the slug club for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like definitely, he plays it that way. I don't know. I I kind of liked him. I think you can, but I always wished it had been the other guy instead. Well, yeah. Even then, like if this guy like refines his grand or nephew, mm-hmm. you could hallucinate him looking like the original Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. Oh, just a little bit. I mean, he also looks like Ray Fiennes. Yeah. But he looks not like this six-year guy. I don't know if he's six-year or not. <laughs> he doesn't look anything like any of the versions of, of Voldemort at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just... I, that took me out a little bit, the, just the, that casting choice, which is crazy because, like, this this is the best casting series of all time yeah i agree i I think i i feel like it could have been better for tom riddle um because all the other casting choices have always been just top notch yeah one thing we should talk about is this is like draco malfoy's movie oh like tom felton like this is his time to shine this was his time to shine this was his chance to like try and add some drama Try and show off his acting chops. Yeah. Um, I think he does really well. I don't think it's like a breakthrough performance for him. Like, as far as like, oh, he he's the new Leo DiCaprio, you know. But <laughs> but he does do a really good job. He pulls and he, it off he plays in it very well. Yeah. He's, he, he, he plays demented very well. Mm-hmm. Very stressed out. Yeah. Very well. Um, yeah, I think he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I have to do this. Yeah. That's the big pull-out quote for me for this movie. <laughs> what other quotes you got for this movie? Plus, they have the pinches. I like... What Lav and I have. What Lav and I have. <laughs> it's that guy that gets a girlfriend is immediately doling out advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote down... But I am the chosen one. But I am the chosen one. Okay, sorry. Could you introduce me? There's a lot. She, she only likes you because she thinks you're the chosen one. <laughs> um, how much is this? Five galleons. But I'm your brother. Ten galleons. <laughs> <laughs> one quote I, I've always liked when they go to Slughorn's house and Dumbledore's just like, Horace, mind if I use your loo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> could, I, could I take this? I really do love knitting patterns. Knitting patterns. <laughs> when they're at the, I Hogshead, truly am sorry. She was indeed very pretty. pretty. There's plenty of them, and they're you can't go go through them all. Uh, I just reading a script. I like the. There's the the Hogshead and Harry and Harry, Ron, Hermione are in there, and they run into Slughorn. And they're drinking their butter beers, and it looks like <laughs> it looks like Horse has already had a few, and he kind of like. He like, yeah. he slaps a little bit onto their table and it's like, oh, all hands on deck, Granger. <laughs> yeah, to like clean it up. And then you, you, were dying, you, up. Were, you were dying at that scene as when he was walking back or walking to the three room six and he runs into yeah. Professor he, Flitwick. He says to Flitwick, like, oh, I was hoping to run into you at the at the bar, or whatever. <laughs> He's just like, oh, um, ah, emergency, uh, emergency choir, choir practice. practice. Unfortunately, <laughs> and it's just like Horace. I I never really paid attention to that before, but like, obviously, you pick up that Flitwick doesn't like him 
but you you kind of infer that okay, the teachers at Hogwarts don't yeah. really like Slughorn. He's <laughs> he just rubs them. The he's wrong a bit way. full of himself. <laughs> it's probably because Flitwick wasn't in the Slug Club when he was a kid. That's true. That's probably it. Yeah. Slippery little minx, your friend. <laughs> yeah. What is this anyway? Dragon balls. <laughs> 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 Um, another scene at the Christmas party when Snape comes up to Harry and tells him, like, I've got a message for you. Dumbledore's traveling. And he's like, so he won't be able to have his meetings with him. And Harry's just like, traveling? Traveling where? Snape just, like, looks at him. It's like, doesn't say anything, just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to answer your question. So it's kind of like not a quote. <laughs> it's not a quote. <laughs> it's not a quote. I just love the way Snape just looks at just him. Just look. And just like, no, I'm not answering that question. Alan Rickman <laughs> is irreplaceable. But he will be replaced. And different, I hope. Replaced. Uh, speaking of Alan Rickman, uh, let's go ahead and get into our segment of ranking Okay. all of our uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher rankings. So... Uh, at the bottom of the list, at number seven, we've got Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. And number six, we don't have anybody because we know Dolores Umbridge is the worst. Yeah. Uh, we've got number five, nobody, because we know Dolores Umbridge is the worst. <laughs> uh, number four, so far, we have Quirinius Quirrell. Quirrell. And Voldemort Head. Yeah. Um, and then number three, to your, to much to your chagrin. Uh, we have Gilderoy Lockhart for number. Do three. we really? Yeah, we agreed on. Yeah, that? we agreed on that. Okay. Um, and then number not two, in my heart, not in my not heart. in your heart. He's number I know, one. I know. Uh, number two, we have Alistair Moody, with okay. an asterisk because yep. it really wasn't him. It was really Barty Crouch. Barty Crouch. Uh, and then number one, we've got Remus Lupin because that's a given. Yeah. But you do make a good point on Gilderoy Lockhart. So if you would like to adjust, I just think no, as if as we talked, we we talked it out before. We, we did. We, we came did. up with. That. I don't think we need I, to change it necessarily. But if you felt strong about it, I'd be okay with it. I guess. No, I now. But Barty this Crouch year, was such a good teacher, though. Yeah, I, no, I think that's what won me over. Yes, yeah. was, was that he he was a good teacher. He was legit showing them dark magic that they needed to learn how to counteract. Yeah. He's the one that suggested to Harry for him to take on the career path that he wants to. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot there. I mean, let's see here. Let's see. There's only been, if you want to think about it this way, experience level, there's only been two, count them, two Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers mm -hmm. that have not dealt in the dark arts. <laughs> yeah. That's Ramus Lupin and Gilderoy Lockhart. Barty Crouch, Death Eater, Dark Arts. Queen Squirrel had Voldemort on his head. Dark yeah. Arts. Uh, Snape, <laughs> double agent. Dark Arts. Kill Dumbledore. Dark Arts. <laughs> Dolores Umbridge. Do I even need to... Dark Arts. Okay. And then Electro... I mean, not, not really Dark Arts, but... Because it's not like More she's like, like a pink death eater or anything. Yeah, Pink Arts for sure. Um, evil, evil, evil. Okay, no, I, she used I the Cruciatus no Curse, and she used like the hand scar stuff. Sure, she, she's that's yeah, some I mean, dark arts, and she's she's dark arts. She literally held. I know she's like morally evil, 
But Lockhart also, I mean, would like steal from people and use memory charms on okay, them. Okay, you know, yeah. yeah, that's some dark art. But did there. Lockhart have Voldemort lock it? No, he did not. Now let's. So I, I honestly have no idea where to place this one. So yeah, have you given this any thought? I know he's above Quirrell. He's above Quirrell, and Snape is a good teacher for something he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'd be a better defense against the dark arts teacher. If, okay, if this whole storyline was not going on and Voldemort wasn't a thing and he was defeated for real and it was just mm-hmm. a normal year at school, mm-hmm. sure, he'd be a little mad, but he'd be a little uh, evil and stuff. But, like, I feel like he would be a better defense against the dark arts teacher than he would potions. But the charm of a defense against the dark arts teacher is being on the kid's side and mm-hmm. defending with them and not just being a part of the yeah. the dark arts. Otherwise, we'd have Moody as number one because he has the most experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I will agree. Higher than Umbridge. Higher than Coral. So, um, I don't think he's necessarily past Lockhart, is he? I think skills, yeah. I think he's skills. definitely more skilled. Teaching than skills art. and dark arts defense skills. And he filled in. He filled in for Lupin when he was on werewolf leave. Yeah, and to be werewolf. fair, <laughs> werewolf leave. <laughs> but to be fair, though, I think his passion has to count for something. His passion for the subject has to count for something. Yeah, well, and also taking into account his ability to be a double agent is very high skill. Yeah. I mean that right there should make him number one. But yeah, this is defense against the dark arts teaching teacher rankings. I uh, number three. Um, I, I'm not putting him over Lupin. I'm not putting him over Moody. Okay. He is better than Lockhart. Um, but and really maybe he should be higher, but like he's just a jerk. He is. He is. <laughs> like I would not, and that that he, drops his teaching. His passion. He's for not going to get through the students, you know, because sure. of that. I, I'm going to go with actual teaching ability. His passion for the subject cancels <laughs> out with his attitude as a teacher. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Okay, so you know how the Slug Club, as we're talking about the Slug Club, some people it's a very exclusive club, the Slug Club, and some people don't get to go, but. Harry and Hermione were able to go and then Ron was always just like man hope you guys had fun mm-hmm. be great if I could go type of stuff like that um, and I really wish because Harry and Hermione both thought it was stupid mm-hmm. Harry was going just because he's trying to get close to Slughorn Hermione's going because she's an achiever mm-hmm. um Neville couldn't get in, so he just decided to be a waiter. At yeah, the and I also thought it was funny because Marcus Belby was at the original one, the original Slug Club, but by the time oh, yeah. he was at the Christmas party, he got demoted. Downgraded. Downgraded, and he had to be a server because he said he, he, his uncle and his dad don't get along. Yeah. Um, don't really know. How is your uncle? No, my uh, dad don't get on. Yeah. So that was funny. And he started eating all this food and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So I thought it would be really funny to add if J.K. Rowling in the book came up with this little side quest or something. Not not a quest, but just like 
I wrote down, I wish the trio would have faked a celebrity for Ron to be connected to so that Slughorn would invite him to the Slug Club. <laughs> and that goes two ways because not only can he be a part of the Slug Club to hang out with Harry and Hermione, solve that problem, but they can also like laugh at the idiocracy of it and mess with Slughorn. Like, oh, we got to... Yeah, he's a he's a... Related to this guy, he's fake. That would be really. That'd be a really funny side part. I thought you were gonna say they could invite him to the party, and then they cast a spell on him, and he starts burping up slugs at the slug club again. Oh, that would be funny too. That's a. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I, I. If I were to write the book, I would add that detail in because I think that's hilarious. Because they're just they would just be trolling Slughorn in his stupid slug club yeah <laughs> but also getting to hang out at the same time it's kind of cheeky good. if you mind would have been good hbo uh hire me as a writer please faith they're doing faithful adaptation we'll see about that yeah we'll see about that <laughs> we didn't really talk about the ending at all like the cave and stuff before we do muppets we could talk about that yeah I don't dumbledore, dumbledore else, died so. yeah uh, actually, yeah, this is a awkward timing because I feel like last year when we started this um, series, yeah, Robbie Coltrane, we, Robbie Coltrane passed away, and it was just awkward timing on us because we had planned to do it, and we had planned to do this. We were right on the sixth movie, and uh, Michael. unfortunately, Michael Gambon uh, passed away yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, and that longer yeah. than that wasn't a little bit longer i guess maybe it was, it was, it was earlier yeah I, I don't know exactly when but yeah i feel like we have some bad luck with we're not just pushing content to be relatable i promise we've been planning this i think we we talked about michael gambin and his portrayal i think in the third one or the fourth yeah. one in one of those episodes and i think we're, both of us were a fan of what he was doing i've loved i mean he, i defend him on the Heritage for the name and go up on fire. Yeah. Always will defend him. Everyone calls him out because of that one thing. But also, like, he probably didn't make that decision. He was probably just in the script, you know. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that was his creative choice, whatever. Um, I've never been able to picture, you know, the older older man, Richard Harris, being able to do all the stuff that Dumbledore has to do as the books progress and that sort of thing. Um, And so I think that Ooh. Michael Gambon was always, I think he filled the role really nicely, and Just he will time. be missed. He will be missed. Raise your wands. I guess to to wrap up the the story for the of the of this book, Harry has been suspecting Malfoy's up to something that he's been a Death Eater. That gets confirmed that he has become a Death Eater, and that he has. He has been tasked tasked by Voldemort to kill Dumbledore, and he so there's various attempts throughout the book to try and get to him that all fail. Um, the necklace, the poisoned uh, mead mm-hmm. that Ron ends up drinking, um, that Slughorn was going to give to Dumbledore. Um, but actually, one thing I was going to bring up earlier was something that I guess is I don't know if it's a change from the book is that from the beginning, they know that Malfoy has been looking at this at a cabinet. 
in Morgan and Burks. They don't know what it is he's interested in in the book. Yeah. And then it's further confirmed that it's a vanishing cabinet when he goes home for Christmas and he talks to Arthur Weasley. Right. And he tells him, like, he, he tells him that it's a vanishing cabinet and they're trying to figure out he said he we basically said where where's that cabinet at? It's like well it's at Borgen and Burks. They haven't sold it, and they don't know where the other one is. Mm-hmm. Um, Red so flag. I don't know. I feel like that that should tell you like well maybe he's doing something with that. And and also he explains that it's something that you know back in the day a lot of you know who supporters it was an old thing old school thing that people used. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on the logic in the movie, like I feel like they probably should have figured that out sooner (laughs) in the book it's a little bit like they he knows he's up to something but he doesn't know exactly he can't really get into the he can't follow him into the room of requirement and he's trying to figure it out he has mr weasley go like raid his house on ministry business they don't find anything so um but basically malfoy they return back from um harry and dumbledore return back from the cave um, trying to find the the Horcrux there, yeah. And Malfoy has has snuck in all these Death Eaters into the castle, and they're causing chaos. Yeah. Now the cave, the cave. Yeah. That was. Let's talk about this because this is a very interesting artistic choice because it basically turns all the contrast down to like two to three percent, and it's like a little bit of color, but it's mostly black and white. Mm-hmm. But it's like not enough to call it black and white. It drains yeah. like all the life and the color out of the room, mm-hmm. and um, it's like a crystalline floor, like mounds and stuff, uh, and it's just a weird, dark, like shifty camera angles and interesting part uh, of the of the movie because it's just it's a complete tonal shift. Like we've got the scene from. Literally the exact same scene from Two Towers, where Frodo falls into the lake of dead yeah, people. It is very similar to that. And then all the golems come up. They did look like it's just a bunch of golems, like yeah. Wish dot com golems. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Infury. Infury. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't realize like how scary that scene was, especially the part where he gets drug under the water that's he got he went down deep yeah um and then but the thing i wanted to point out the most is like yeah obviously dumbledore is getting poisoned through this potion and he doesn't want any more of it but he has to keep drinking and stuff and afterwards he's begging and begging for water mm-hmm. and harry water. harry shouts uh Agumenti, and he puts it in it water goes into the basin but he can't pick it out because it's there's a magic lock or something yeah a trick it's cursed so his next thought is to just go scoop out of the lake or out of the lagoon or whatever they're in yeah um but that's a bad idea dude you've got your wand just stick your wand in his mouth and go aguamente problem solved I don't know. I guess so. I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's my first thought. It's like, okay, well, if Augmenti works in this cave, just put it in his mouth. <laughs> you think people ever do that? Like, they don't have water fountains at Hogwarts because they have wands. They're just like camelback in it. It's a camelback, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. 
Gonna workshop that one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. I one thing about this movie I remember being kind of curious about was this this one was a PG rating instead of a PG thirteen. Was it really? For for whatever reason, they downgraded this one to a PG, and I I thought, well, this one isn't. It's not any less scary than the other ones. It's not any more scary. I don't know. I yeah. It was a curious decision but i mean that is a pretty frightening scene out for like a pg movie i would think with like yeah dead bodies coming out of the water and um trying to kill them <laughs> for sure for sure but at the same time the the inferior aren't they weren't like super graphic they weren't like no yeah i don't know i don't know if the cgi wasn't that great or something they weren't they were just very generic is how I would describe them. Sure. So maybe they weren't as like gruesome or something as maybe they should have been. Or or that would have given it like a higher rating. Mm-hmm. But they return back. They escape. They return back to Hogwarts. And um, Malfoy is basically confronts them on the tower like he's going to kill them. Yeah. Can't do it. I don't then, blame him. Then Snape does it. Uh, he never would have done it. He didn't want to. And that was interesting because I, I didn't fully get. I guess I didn't read into it. Just like when he said Severus, please. Yeah. That goes either way. It's like he could be yeah. begging for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Or he could be begging for him to uh, to spare his life or yeah. Severus, kill me. Yeah. Man. Did when you? It's like a Han Solo and Kylo Ren type thing. Yeah. I think Hans hit the button. You think so? Yeah. I, that's my one that's my theory because he says like I know what I have to do, but I don't have the strength to do it. And he, it was, he, he was hesitating button. and he grabbed him. He's like, mm-hmm. "Son." He looked him dead in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And you don't see his hand, but mm-hmm. he, he was his hand was like on him. Yeah. Could have been on the lightsaber mm-hmm. and he just I think he did it. So well, that is a story for another time. I think he did it so that Kylie didn't have to and submit to the dark side fully. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get into that later. When you read this book, did you were you shocked by that by Snape? Absolutely. Did you, I did was. you think that was? Did you think there was any redemption for him? Did you think there was any chance that he could be good? <sighs> Have no, good motives. Not at all. I thought he was finally crossing over. Yeah. He was evil. That he he was finally showing his true it. colors. But here's after the all thing. this time. I've been a sucker for the Snape dupe uh not dupe. But like the Snape dupe. Like Oh, it's Snape. They're this always whole suspecting time. him. Yeah, yeah. Every every book they're always suspecting him of it's actually evil intentions. Coral. Yeah. And it turns out to be someone else. But I've all, I was also a kid. I was the target market. Yeah. To get f- the wool pulled over my eyes and stuff like that. So. <laughs> I was target market. I was target market. As soon as he became Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, you knew it was. Yeah. It's over. He's got to be the bad guy. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how it works in these. Yeah, I. I don't really, f- fully remember. I. I thought it was a twist that he that he did that he was evil. Yeah. I guess it, it wasn't until like as the seventh one was coming out. That I remember, I remember going to like 
the bookstores or whatever, they had like displays like Death, you know, you know, book seven coming out soon, Deathly Hallows. Right. I remember getting like these bookmarks, and it was like Snape, friend or foe. Oh yeah, you remember that? Do you remember those? No. We had some of these bookmarks, and and I was well, like, that it gives I, it away. I well, I was gonna say, I didn't even know it was a question. Like yeah. I thought he was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, so that kind of tipped me off in the seventh one that okay there's there's more to this than i yeah. thought um but I, I you know i wasn't sure sure but uh snape he uh he kills him and they the him and the malfoy and the other death eaters escape and we don't like we said we don't get the that like that battle of hogwarts but oh my goodness we haven't even talked about the half blood Prince. Oh man. Two hours in. What the heck? <laughs> My voice is getting ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I remember people complaining a lot about the reveal that Alan Rickman did. He's like, Yes, how dare you use my spell against me? Yes, I am the half blood prince. Yeah. I remember Snape had like his own speech. Like villainous, there was monologue. There was more this whole time. There it, was more dialogue. There was more conversation there. It, that was very rushed. Oh, that you was, got me. Like a lot of that's the things. me. Yeah. Um, the whole purpose of the the movie Half Blood Prince is Harry <laughs> gets to take potions this year. He didn't think he was going to be able to. Yeah. Um, because Snape was the teacher and he didn't get a high enough grade on his OWLs. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Slughorn's going to let him. Even more. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he's going to let him in. And But because of that, Harry didn't get the book, the required reading for the year. So he has to borrow a school version. And he gets this one that's been all written in and everything. And it's got like all the answers written in and that's alternate spells and stuff. When and he and Ron are fighting over yeah, yeah, the yeah. good book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are. <laughs> one's got like a, it's like a fresh, brand new copy, yeah. you know, and. Harry loses and what if Ron had gotten that? Yeah, what if Ron had got it, won that fight? He he would have been a, a potion star. That's a Carlin Brothers theory. We gotta feel like what would <laughs> yeah, happen? Yeah. So he, he basically Harry's been using this textbook to like get straight A's and potions <laughs> and find it. I mean, I feel like he probably would have been decent at potions without it if Snape wasn't like breathing down his neck. That's the whole time. true. Yeah, but. Anyway, it's got all these things written in it, and, and it was property of the Half-Blood Prince. And so that's kind of a side story is they're trying to figure out who the identity of the Half-Blood Prince is and whether he's a friend or foe. Mm. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if this was... I, I listened to two different podcasts. Uh, the Through the Gryffindor yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that just came out. It I, I'm pretty sure it's from this one because they, they're going chapter by chapter, and they just went over the potions... Uh, master from Sorcerer's Stone that chapter okay. yeah so they're in that class and I think Jay or Ben came up with a um, uh, came up with a theory like I wonder if Harry had been a girl if mm-hmm. Snape would have treated him the same way oh, because yeah. if he looked like Lily he would have been like he looked like Lily but had his father's eyes right yeah what if that was the case <laughs> he would be a lot easier on her because he was in love with Lily. But because Harry was a spitting image of James yeah. with Lily's eyes, he was constantly reminded of James and how he was bullied and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I wonder if that would be completely different. Yeah. Cool thought. 
people thought. Harriet Potter. Very well. Very well. <laughs> Love the Warwick Davis voice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, I think it's about time we wrap up. That's about yeah. two hours we got on here. Um, so, last segment I've got. Muppets. The Muppets update. So, if you are just now following along, uh, every Harry Potter episode that we cover, I like to recast in a Muppets version of the movie. So, this I've been doing this before they announced um, the HBO cast. Or, they haven't casted that. So, there could be some Muppets. Finger crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, but before the reboot was noted, we have Muppets. Because I want to see a Muppet version of this. Even yeah. if it's just a special, that'd be so funny. Uh, so, in the first movie, we've got, like, Hagrid, played by, of course, Sweetums, uh, the big brown guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, um, number two, we've got Lockhart, played by Pepe Lepron. We changed that. We changed it to Link Hart, Hogthrob. Yes. The, the pig. Pig and yeah. space guy. William Shatner. Classic. Uh, number one, we've got Gonzo, or... Gonzo and Camilla playing Filch and Mrs. Norris. Excellent. Which, this is a great idea, because I also thought about this today. Um, Filch, like, he's a mean guy, of course, Mm -hmm. but Gonzo isn't. So Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really funny if Gonzo, which he breaks the fourth wall constantly, if Gonzo was just like, oh, right, I'm supposed to be mean here. (laughs) Like, I think that would be so funny. Um, (laughs) uh, Then third, we've got uh, Lupin and Trelawney and we've got in Sirius Black we basically have the Electric Mayhem members mm-hmm. playing them um, then fourth one we got Moody playing Oscar the Grouch and we did an AI um, oh yeah thing for that so check out our Instagram for that and then fifth we've got Miss Piggy playing by uh, Bellatrix or Bellatrix played by Miss Piggy or Umbridge as the Moopets one or the other I think Miss Piggy would be playing Umbridge, and yeah. then Bellatrix would be the Moo Pets the version Moo Pets of Piggy. Version. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then number six, I've got two additions. Mm-hmm. One would be Slughorn, okay. played by Dr. Benson Honeydew. Classic. He's a chemist. Potions guy. Looks just like Slughorn. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That works. It works really well. And then six, we've got Fenrir Greyback. He's the only other like adult. That... Mm-hmm. And I've got him as Uncle Deadly. Yeah, <laughs> he looks just like yeah. him. That's good. I just came up with that That's one right. before we started That's recording. Right. Um, um, I don't, unless I stop paying attention when you're talking, which happens sometimes. Um, we had Kermit. Hey, as <laughs> we have Kermit as in Voldemort. Yeah, it as is like I as Voldemort in in Dumbledore. Yes, we got the Moo Pets version. Okay. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. But anyways. We got that, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more for the seventh book, but I think... So, Slughorn, Benson Honeydew, has always been the one I've kept in mind. He's the first one I wrote down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's been waiting for... I've been waiting for that one. For so, so long. That's that. And and so have you, listener. It's been, a, it's been a long time. And we started covering these Harry Potters September year. of last year, so... Yeah. We, were, we set out to do one a month, and... <laughs> We've taken some liberties. I'm with glad that. we've taken our time with it, though. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these books take a long time to read when you have full time jobs. It's it's true, and we like to read the books ahead of time and have time to watch the movie and everything. And um, and I, 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 I don't think that we're gonna try and finish 
Deathly Hallows before the end of the year. I don't think so. But that's definitely like started next year. We're going to try yeah. and finish up Harry Potter. And then we'll, you know, figure out what kind of series we want to move on to next after that. And of course, we'll have our one-off movies here and there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um as we're wrapping up, Jeremy, do you have a letterbox score for Half-Blood Prince? Oh, shoot. You always catch me off guard with those. I know. I it's like I'm making it a reoccurring segment or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just never to ready. I don't have ever have it pulled up, so I have to pull it up. Mm-hmm. I gave this movie four stars. Okay. Okay. I don't think I've given any Harry Potter movie less than four stars. And that's the thing. Uh, I don't think I can. Um, do you have any rationale for that rating? Uh, so four stars, four out of five stars. It's Out of all the Harry Potter movies, it's not the best. It's mm-hmm. on the lower end. But I love it. I love it so much. It's a, it's honestly a comfort movie. I guess they're all comfort movies. But there's something about this one uh, where they get a lot of Hogwarts time compared to most. And I don't consider Order of the Phoenix much Hogwarts time at all because it's not Hogwarts. It's Umbridge's mm. Castle. That's a good point, yeah. Um, so I, the only thing I like apart, like Hogwarts time is like the Quidditch stuff with Weasley as our king and all that. Yeah, but yeah, and seems like out of all my friends on Letterbox, I rated it the highest. <laughs> People don't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also had a previous guest uh, on our Like Mike episode, Philip Russell. Uh, he was really wanting to. Uh, we couldn't figure out scheduling and stuff, but he was. We considered uh, having him on as a guest, because uh, he said he had some uh, hot takes about this movie. And I asked him, like, hey, we're going to go ahead and record this value. Um, but if you have anything you want to say to the audience about about this movie, go ahead and tell us. And he, he said in quotes, don't waste your time. Read the book. <laughs> so the book is definitely better. It um, is so much better. But he he would have bashed. He would have bashed the movie a lot. And I love this movie a lot. Do you think we did? I think we kind of did. We a definitely bit. bashed it yeah. in the in the just in the just in parts. all the right ways. All the right ways. <laughs> Not as bad as we did. Honey, I shrugged the kids. What do you mean we did? You mean like we're we going will. to? Oh, we're recording this out of order. By the way, <laughs> we are doing a blitz recording right now because we're trying to hit a hundred episodes before the end of the year. So, anyways, uh, another day, another staple. I didn't get my letterbox score. Oh, what's your letterbox store? Store? Score? It's so late. So, um, I, I'm i giving this a three and a half out of five. That's what You're I gave. You're wrong. That's what I gave Order of the Phoenix. You for real? I, I think I did. Um, one thing we didn't discuss, it's just a minor gripe, but the color palette on this movie is like brown it's and brown. dark. I don't. I don't like the way some of the scenes look. It, it's. I don't know. It's hard to see. Jonathan, um, I want to fix your gripe with the color grading because okay, hardcover back of Order of the Phoenix is silver and blue, right? Same color. Yep. The same color grading is a bluish silver for Order of the Phoenix. What do you get when you mix purple and green, which is the Half Blood Prince? Chartreuse. We got brown. That too. We got brown, baby. So, I think it's cool because they mixed. 
It doesn't matter. It was, it was the trend at the time, but yeah, I, I it like just, to think it's of just, that. And it's weird because it's directed by David Yates. You would think it'd be consistent in tone to Order of the Phoenix, and it's like completely different. Yeah, maybe they were trying it's to tie warmer. it to the books. Um, I I think between this and Order of the Phoenix, I think these are the worst of the adaptations. I agree. Um, and so that that's a big disappointment. But some for of me. the best vibes. I do like it. I think it's it's got some good vibes here. I, I, I don't hate the the teenage romance stuff. I think it's funny. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good funny awkward scenes, good stuff. Um, a lot of good moments. A lot of good performances. Still, I I liked um, Jim Broadbent, but this is definitely on the lower end of my um, rankings as far as the Harry Potter films go. So, three and a half out of five is what I gave it. That's why I'm right. stick well, with. Well, I disagree, but that's cool. Well, another day, another staple. Well, everyone, our only question left is, what's your favorite inside quote from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince? There's so many of them. But let us know what your favorite is on Spotify, polls, or Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. Uh, and if you haven't followed us, go ahead and do that, and let us know if there are any movies you want us to cover on the show. All right, so Jonathan, next week it's going to be your turn, so why don't you give the listeners a little hint? Uh, next week we're going to be covering a staple of my childhood that definitely kind of scared me low-key, and but at the same time also made me want to go play in my own backyard. All right. Here's a clip. I called the police. What's on your head? I was looking for the kids. Where, in a coal mine? They're in the backyard. They are? Diane, I got something real important to tell you. That is the couch from the attic. You can see the marks where Quark chewed the arms. I found it on the floor. It's my thinking couch. Wayne, are you trying to tell me you did it? It works. The machine works. Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. Our show was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And our music was done by Alex Bird. And we would love it if you left us a five-star review. And if you do, we promise to read it right here on the show. And we really would want that. Please write one. Please. We haven't gotten one in a long time. And it really helps our algorithm. Please. Severus. Severus. Please. Please. <laughs> if one of y'all writes Severus as your username, we would love that. Yes, please. Severus the three-headed dog. And, of course, we'll read the review on the show, but more importantly, but more importantly, five stars, and we will send you a gift card to Weasley Wizard Weezes. And it won't be cursed. It won't be cursed. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood staples just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Also, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Farewell, listeners. Until next week, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes.